Blog Talk Radio. This is all about wine on Blog Talk Radio, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Call our guest line at any time during the live show at area code 646-727-3235 and let's talk about wine. Again, the phone number to call is 646-727-3235. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. It's great. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. You got to calm down. down. Heat exhaustion out there. Settle down, save your energy, drink, drink, uh, whatever, uh, stay cool. But, uh, yeah, just ah, settle down. Can't, can't be doing that. Yeah. You know, it's like each week we get a rowdy crowd, and then sometimes it, it doesn't seem like they're as rowdy, and then all of a sudden they, they burst out again, and they're rowdy again. Can't figure yeah, that out. Yeah, I know. I, I, I can't hmm. either. I just, and, you know, it's, yeah. but, you know, it's just enjoyment of, of the show, and it depends on how early they arrive and how much wine they have before the show comes on the That's air. True. That is true. Yeah, so. <laughs> we are Thursday the 14th uh, flag day so. you know June the 14th flag day get your flags out there fly your flags if you haven't been doing it all day you should have today is flag day uh, get them out there there's a a, uh, a display that goes around the country it's in Tampa right now it's flags a guy collected his first flag many many years ago and he's got a collection of American flags and there was a little article on the paper telling about the display but the American flag as we know it back in 1700s and early 1800s was made by anybody who wanted to make a flag you there was no standards to it or anything they started to uh, the original one was 13 stripes and then the star field and when a new state rejoined I think it was what New Hampshire or Vermont was the was the 14th state they added a stripe and they were going to add a stripe for each state and a star and they decided not to because it would be well too busy so they just added the star and they took off the extra stripe now it's just the 13 stripes for the 13 original colonies but there has been all sorts of different flags out there that have been made over the years a lot of people um, well, a lot of families would sew their own American flag if a son or a daughter left uh, the home or went somewhere or something. They'd sew their own flag for them, and so there's a whole variety of them. But the history of the American flag is more than just Betsy Ross sewing it and saying, here, and everybody's going, oh, great, we got a flag. Uh, the flag that Francis Scott Key wrote the Star Spangled Banner to was not the standard flag we know now. It was, uh, oh, I can't remember how that was designed, but that was a little bit different flag. So history of the American flag is really quite diverse, uh, more so than what you really think about when you just see our current flag. So 
Today's flag day. The whole bottom line. Get out there, fly your flag, and uh, fly it with pride. I hope everyone does fly it with pride. And here we are, all about wine uh, on June the 14th, 2018 at 7.04 p.m. Give us a call, 646-727-3235. Operator is standing by. Right. Uh, <laughs> operator's operator. Mike. Mike is our operator. That's right. And screen your yes. call. Screen your call. And Screen your, call. screen your call, take your question, and get you back off the phone. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's not to say you can't call, but, you know, be just... No, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It'll be a so, quick call. So, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So, uh, Mike and I were talking uh, before the show, as we always do. We never seem to have enough time. But he said that he was checking out last week's show, and it wasn't played. It wasn't on archives. It wasn't available. We usually check out. We get quite a few people listening to the show on archives, and some of them within the first couple of days. And throughout the week, there's, I don't know, in two, 250, 300 people that will grab the show and listen to it. This last week, it was zero. And for some reason, the button to click on was muted. Oh, was that it, Michael? It was... It was- it was uh, grayed out, like you couldn't select it because there was nothing to download or, or there was no audio, basically. It showed that huh. there was, it was an hour and ten minutes, but there was nothing to listen to. So I don't know what was going on with it, with it uh, something Blog Talk Radio was doing. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, sometime today, it, it came back on and, and the show was available. So, so. <laughs> Yeah. So if you're used to listening to the show on archives and you have a certain day that you download it or a certain time that you do it while you're exercising or whatever, you've got two shows to listen to this week because last week's is now available. And then this week's, we hope, will be mm-hmm. back to normal and be available. So yeah. just to let you know, don't, we, we didn't go off the air last week. It really was there. So. I usually give food and wine pairings, what what day it is each month. I've been doing that for well, a couple of years now at least. And the reason I do that, I get a magazine uh, through the trade, through the winery, that was Progressive Grocer's name of it. And they had a page that told what, day each day of the month what uh, food day it was and what the month was for some reason progressive grocery has not been sending me their magazine and i tried to go online and find the information i couldn't find it there so that's why you haven't been getting your your weekly what day it is to pair it with what wine so hopefully i got a hold of them they're supposed to be sending it to me we'll get you started again on what each day of the month is and what a good wine to pair with it. But as of right now, we are missing that feature. So, sorry. If you enjoyed that, we don't have it right now. Hopefully, we'll get it started again. I don't know if you all like these features or not. You know, the real estate, the uh, the food pairing, the, all that. Because, you know, very few people contact. We get listeners out there. We get a lot of listeners. But 
nobody nobody lets me know. So that's okay though. I still like doing this. All right. Trivia. I said I always like to throw out a little bit of trivia to you each week uh, until I run out of these trivia sheets. So this one, practice makes it perfect. Okay. It, I will read. It's the scenario. You open a wine you've never had before. One sip, and you're pretty sure that this is quite possibly the most awful wine you've ever had. Was the winemaker bad at his job? If he was skillful, how could he have made something that tastes like this, you wonder? What's going on? Well, there could be a number of explanations. First, something may have gone wrong with the bottle uh, while it was in the bottle. Long after it left the winery and the winemaker's control, you don't know what happened. If the bottle was uh, set in a hot, sunny window at the wine shop for a while, that could change the taste. Also, and this happens quite often, the wine may be good, but because you've never had this type of wine before, your experience leads you to find it unappealing. You know, some wines really, I mean, this is not what I'm reading here, but some wines can throw you off on this, so you, you never know. Oh, we have a, a listener, Mike, you checking that? Or a caller, rather? Yeah, um, yeah, let me go on there real quick. Sure. Um, some wine takes getting used to before you're in a position to judge them. Wines are just like foods in that regard. Uh, many of us don't really like the first bite of a sushi, but after a while, you think it's great. Uh, it's experience that makes you fall in love with them. So, uh, moral of the story, if you don't like a wine on that first sip, give it the benefit of a doubt over time and try it again and even again. And you may find that it was just that one particular batch or that one particular year or any number of other things that caused you not to like it. So uh, stay with it and you'll find that there's probably more to it than what you expected. What did I do with my pen? Huh. Um, no question? Okay. Uh, no, nope. just listening. That's cool. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we got some things to talk about tonight. Uh, as always, uh, our list of interesting subjects and topics and all. And let's get right on those here. Let me pull, pull this up. And uh, first, uh, Cognac region had some hail. Uh, the trade organization called the Bureau National Interprofessional de Cognac, called BNIC, has estimated that 3,500 hectares of vineyards suffered 80% destruction in hail that went through the Cognac region back on May the 26th. That was one of the, about three weeks ago. It was uh, affected cognac region to varying degrees. Uh, it was a sudden violent storm, and it dropped large hail uh, in mainly in the south of the Charente Maritime uh, regions, the borderies, and also west of Matha and the Rolak area. Uh, the trade organization is working with the General Union of Viticulturists and uh, other 
regions uh, and other um, organizations to try to draw up an initial assessment and try to find uh, ways to support and help the Cognac region come out of this problem, uh, this, this hell. It affected a lot of regions, but 80%, that is just frightening, frightening. Most popular grape in the United States. This is always interesting. What what are we drinking? What is the most popular one? This is based on what we're drinking. Uh, ratings can be tricky. Total vineyards planted does not always correspond to the wine production. Uh, some of the vines planted may be table grapes or used for raisins or grape juice. And the total vineyard surface in the U.S. is a little over 1 million acres, uh, which is... Uh, 440,000 hectares, uh, So, but they're not all used for winemaking. Most of the grapes, uh, growing grape in the United States is the Saltina, uh, Saltanina. Uh, and this grape is either eaten or dried to raisins. If you go to different areas, especially in the southern part of the state of California, you'll see great big barns, or not barns, buildings, like warehouses, that are just raisin drying areas. Uh, tremendous amount of those around. There are 148,000 acres or approximately 60,000 hectares of this grape. So 14% of the total surface of wine in the U.S. is covered by these raisin grapes or table grapes. Also, there are 34,000 hectares of the Concord grape. And this grape can be transferred into wine uh, or jams or jellies or juice or any number of things. That's mainly on the East Coast, uh, most of eastern Pennsylvania, western New York, a lot of Concord there. So if we discard the uh, non-wine making varieties from the statistics, we have approximately 800,000 acres or 320,000 hectares of vineyards for the United States of production. And Chardonnay has not given up its its hold on first place. Chardonnay is the most planted variety in the United States with 106,000 acres or 43,000 hectares. Um, slightly declined in the past 10 years. Second place, Cabernet Sauvignon with 101,300 acres. And it seems to be growing, Cabernet seems to be growing a little bit. Chardonnay down a little bit, Cabernet Sauvignon up a little bit. So that, you know, gives you an idea right there, you know, they're probably one or the other. Napa just recently, I, I say recently, within the last couple of years, has replanted a lot of vineyards in Cabernet. So that might be one of the reasons. The Burgundy grape, Pinot Noir, has seen a lot of growth and is now in third place. Uh, that's just amazing. Uh, Merlot used to be in third place. Uh, the Pinot Noir, now we're talking United States here, uh, 61,800 acres in uh, the United States, 25,000 hectares. In Oregon, it is the grape. Uh, the state has more or less became synonymous with Pinot Noir. Covers about 60% of Oregon vineyards, or 18,300 acres. 
7,400 hectares out of 33,500 total in the state of Oregon. So it's, it's uh, over half, uh, substantially over half of the uh, acreage in Oregon is in Pinot Noir. Merlot then comes in next with 51,900 hectares or 21,000 hectares. Zimbano is fifth with 47,000 acres and uh, pretty much even where they are, they've been about the same. And well, except Merlot lost third place to Pinot Noir, but uh, it's pretty steady on acreage. Syrah with 22,000 acres is growing uh, throughout the world, not just in the United States, but throughout the world. And Pinot Gris has increased at an enormous rate over the last 10 years. It's now planted on 19,800 acres or 8,000 hectares. It's, uh, for some reason, uh, people are drinking an awful lot of the Pinot Gris. So the top grapes in the United States, Chardonnay, white grape, 106,000 acres. Cabernet Sauvignon, red grape, one. And Chardonnay is a white grape. A lot of people used to come into the library and say, I thought Chardonnay was red. I, I don't, you know, a lot of people did. And I don't know why people think Chardonnay is red, but it is a white grape. Cabernet Sauvignon, 101,300 acres. Pinot Noir, red grape, 61,800. Merlot, 51,900. Zimino Reds, 47,000. Syrah, red, 22,200. Pinot Gris, white 19,800 acres. French Columbard is next. It's a white, 19,700. And a little aside about the French Columbard. It used to be very popular many years ago. I lived in California and used to get French Columbard all the time. I mean, it's it's an interesting grape. It's uh, light and uh, not, I don't want to say real fruity. It's a little bit drier style. But very nice grape. You don't hear about it anymore. But it's eighth place in the number of grapes. I think it's used mostly as a blend now. Sauvignon Blanc is nine. And Rubert, R-U-B-I-R-E-D. This is a crossing between a Tinto Sea and an Alcante Gazin with pigmented juice. So it's a darker juice. Now, going on, California is by far the most important U.S. wine region with 80 to 90 percent of total U.S. production. You know, it staggers to think 80 to 90 percent, but they are. The top 10 white grapes in California, Chardonnay, 93,400 acres. French Columbard is second and white grapes in California, 18,900. Pinot Gris, 16,800. Sauvignon Blanc, 14,800. Chenin Blanc, 4,800. Muscat of Alexandria, 4,600. White Riesling, 3,800. I, I, I was reading this earlier, and I go, White Riesling? Why would they have to say White Riesling? I, I don't know. Uh, Muscat Blanc. 3,000 acres, Voynier, 2,700 acres, and last of the top 10, Gerverse Terminer at 1,600 acres. And the top 10 red grapes in California, Cabernet Sauvignon, 91,800 acres, Pinot Noir, 45,300 acres, Zimadol, 43,200 acres, 
Merlot, 39,800 acres. Now, that's interesting. I, again, when I read this earlier, uh, I always thought that the Merlot was third uh, behind Chardonnay and Cabernet Sauvignon. But according to this, and this is 2016, I believe. Yes, this is 2016. And Merlot is way down there. Four in the red grapes in California. Wow. Syrah next, 16,400. Uh, Rebaird, and that's one I just told you about that crossed 11,500. Petite Syrah. And it is different than Syrah. Petite Syrah and Syrah are different grapes. 11,400. Barbera, 4,800. Ruby Cabernet. Now, this is a crossing between a Cabernet Sauvignon and Carignan. 4,700 acres, and last Grenache at 4,400 acres. These are the California uh, grapes. So if you're looking for something new, you're also going to find some Cabernet Franc, which has increased its production in California tremendously over the last 10 years or so. My Verde is coming on strong. White wines, uh, Vermentino, uh, Verdeo, Roussan, and Grenache Blanc are all planted and small acreage, not anything compared to what you I just read, but that's the most popular grapes in the United States as of right now. That's uh gives you an idea of what what we are what we are now buying and drinking. So let me get out of this because that was a different thing I had on here. And let me go to this. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. There we go. Hangover. Wine hangover. We've all had it at one time or another. If you haven't, then good for you. Eight steps might surprise you, but they will help you recover faster. Now, this is written by a wine sommelier. She has had a book on the New York Times bestseller list, and she's knowledgeable. She's done some research. Uh, Madeline Puckett, you may know the name, but uh, Madeline Puckett says that Symptoms of a wine hangover include headaches, exhausted feeling, the my body is gross feeling, the nervous belly ache, insatiable hunger, and the oversensitivity to odors, all associated with a wine hangover. And the best ways to get rid of it, to get back on track, she's got some suggestions here. Wake up early. This is essential for a Faster recovery. Being awake increases your metabolism and helps you jumpstart your recovery. So if you get up early, you can look forward to a midday caffeine nap, which we'll talk about that in a minute. Get up early and start doing the following steps. One, water, 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 and more water. Most important thing you need is to drink water. Force yourself to drink two glasses of water first thing. Then you can take your pain reliever. Uh, ibuprofen, Advil, acetaminophens, or Tylenol, whatever you use, but you can you can do that. But water, she says. T- tip: set the alarm 
uh, phone alarm to drink six to eight ounces of water every hour, uh, 150 to 225 milliliters of water, which isn't much. Now, I'm serious. Six to eight ounces, 150 milliliters, not much. It's, it's really, you'd be surprised. Measure it out. Six ounces of water is not much. So every hour. If you drink coffee regularly, be sure to drink extra water. If you're queasy, mix a spoonful of baking soda in your water. It will help your uh, nausea and sensitivity. And avoid coffee. Drink hot water or herbal tea instead. Coffee is not going to help anything. Number three, she said go for a short run or a longer walk. Go for a 15, 10, 15 minute jog or 30 minute walk. It gives you great benefits, gets the blood flowing and moves the toxins out. Then take a not too hot shower. Take it a little bit cooler in the dark. Let the skin de- uh, hydrate and the cooler temperatures will help you be alert and help you do anything. You don't need to use strong soaps, use you know something don't use your Axe body wash. Just grab yourself a, a bar of unscented soap because your nostrils are acting up anyway. Avoid alcohol and greasy foods. Yeah, if you have a hangover, you know, in the eye of the dog, or the, you know, the what is it? The hair of the dog. Hair of the dog. Thanks, my engineer saved me on that. Hair of the dog. Uh, the hair of the dog is not the way to do it. It's not going to help anything. Have oatmeal or protein shake for breakfast. And then uh, salad or soup for lunch. But avoid the greasy options. Uh, Don't go and get fries and stuff like that. Uh, You're not ready for pancakes and bacon and eggs and all. That's not going to do anything. The myth, don't drink alcohol to counter effect the alcohol. It is an urban myth. So it's not the hair of the dog. It's not the way to do it. And another tip, if you get inflammation from alcohol, Put a cinnamon stick in your herbal tea. Cinnamon has a high level of condensed tannin, which reduces the inflammation. That's a good trick there. It really is. I've heard of that before, and it's, people have said it's great. Set yourself up a playlist. Listen to some soft music throughout the day. It helps reduce the stress and also helps the body get back into the mood of being yourself. Take a next one. Take a 15 to 20 minute caffeine nap. Now, let me explain. At this point during the day, you're getting starting to get really tired mid-afternoon. Uh, so take advantage of a caffeine nap. This is to pull off a caffeine nap. You need to drink about six ounces of coffee. <coughs> Excuse me. And then take a 15 to 20 minute nap. Now, six ounces is, again, not much. Don't Say, oh my gosh, I, I won't be able to sleep with six ounces of coffee. Six ounces of coffee is, you know, a little a small cup. Your your uh, uh, little tiny cups that you get in coffee. Caffeine naps are amazing and proven to be more energizing than regular napping or caffeine alone. You can also take a regular dose of over-the-counter headache medicine, which will probably help your rest. And, last but not least, swear off drinking. We all do after we get drunk. We say, oh, I'm never going to do that again. Well, of course we will. We all know we will. It doesn't stop that easy. Except every once in a while you'll find a wine or a spirit that you swear off. 
like I swore off tequila a number of years ago because I realized after a bout of tequila, the tequila won. So I said no more tequila. But people might tell you that your tolerances increase the more you drink, but it's not true. You know your limits. You want to stay healthy. You want to avoid the headache. Drink less wine because drinking a whole bottle or something like that is not going to be good. You're going to start losing the taste. And just drink less. Get yourself a, a, a wine preserver or something and drink less wine. So tips on avoiding that nasty or uh, getting through that nasty hangover from drinking too much wine. It helps. It really does. A lot of these really do help. What's inside a bottle of wine? Now, this is just some more trivia for you, but it's interesting stuff. So you can, 4th of July come up, you can be knowledgeable on something and instead of just standing to the side sipping on your wine, people ask, why are you doing that? Well, let me tell you some facts. The standard bottle of wine contains a little over 25 ounces. 25.4 ounces, I always said, this is 25.3. Um, average serving size is five ounces, which is about 150 milliliter, and it'll give you five glasses of wine. So uh, actually it's about six. Six is becoming the standard now, uh, most places. Six ounces, and they'll give you four glasses. But the number isn't exact. Range from 46 ounces. Uh, port is going to be smaller pours because of higher alcohol, so you're going to get more glasses per bottle. In Australia, wines are required to list the number of servings based on the alcohol content. So a bottle of Shiraz with 15% alcohol by volume, or ABV, has 8.9 servings per bottle. In contrast, a bottle of German Riesling with 8% ABV has just 4.7 servings. So the higher the alcohol, the more servings you can get out of an Australian um, thing. That, I thought that was interesting. That little thing there was interesting. What's inside? All right. Acid, there's just a small amount. And that's the combination of tartaric acid, malic acid, lactic acid, citric acid, succinic acid, and acetic acid. Water, a whole lot of water in wine. And it's, you know, broken down as water. Alcohol, there's a little bit of alcohol in wine, but again, by volume, usually not much, less than 15% on almost all of them. Sugars and minerals, or I'm sorry, sugars, there's a little bit. And we talk residual sugars. Minerals. Minerals include, but not limited to, iron, nitrogen, phosphorus, magnesium, potassium, fluoride, sulfur, calcium, and a lot of other trace minerals. I mentioned before over 350 different chemicals in a glass of wine. Trace amounts, but they're there. 460 dry white. At 10% alcohol by volume, what is this numbers here? Okay. Uh, yeah, in the United States. 600 dry red at 11.5%. 820 red and white at 14% alcohol. And 1,440 sweet fortified wines at 21. Uh, red and white wines, 12.5 uh, to 13.5 alcohol by volume. 
um, on that. That chart's a little... Huh, that chart's a little off. 2.1 pounds of grapes per bottle, which is about 520... or 2.5... 2.1 pounds of grapes or 520 grapes. That ranges from 300 to 900. Uh, so... Average right in there. Wine drinking facts. There we go. On average, two people can finish a full bottle of wine in two and a half hours if they drink it like they're supposed to. Uh, you're not chugging wine. A 750 milliliter bottle of wine is exactly 25.36 ounces. I uh, usually 25.4, uh, which, you know, closer than 25.3. If you drink a bottle of wine a week for your entire life, you will have consumed 2,970 bottles of wine. That's just one a week, all right? If you drink a glass of wine a night, every night of your adult life, you will drink an equivalent of 4,160 bottles of wine. That's your adult life from age 21. And it doesn't count the years before then that you might have snuck a few glasses or bottles. A bottle of wine has an average of 750 calories. I think that's too high. I really... Oh, a bottle. No, it's not too high. That's about right. Uh, 750 calories. Ranges from 460 to 1440, depending on the wine. Dry wine has zero fat and zero to two uh, grams of carbs. And sweet wine has zero fat and ranges from three to 39 carbs. And sweet wines include ports and stuff like that. So it's going to jump up there. An average full bottle of wine weighs approximately 2.65 pounds. Now, this depends on some of the glass, too. Uh, you, you, 2.65 is really an average because some of the bottles weigh a lot more. After you finish a bottle of wine, get yourself scaled, drop it on there, and you'll see a big difference in the weight of the bottles. An average bottle of wine contains 1.65 pounds of grapes. A case of 12 bottles of wine weighs approximately 30 to 40 pounds. I always triggered 32 pounds whenever I was doing any shipping, 32 pounds to ship a case of wine. Heavy glass bottles can account for over 50% of total weight of a wine bottle. And that's what I just mentioned. It depends on the, on the weight. In 2012, the EU exported exported 1.57 billion pounds of bottled wine. This includes the weight of the glass to the United States. Now, European Union is all the wine regions of, of Europe. So that doesn't really, it's not a really surprising statistic there, I don't think. Wine production facts. There are 1,368 confirmed wine varieties in the world. 1,368 confirmed varieties. Cabernet Sauvignon is the most planted grape variety in the world. Now, that I think I might have to disagree with. I have checked that before, and I think the most planted is the little-known one in, in Spain that is planted all over the place. So I... I, I tend to question that. But 
In 2010, the world produced enough wine for everyone to have five bottles. And that has jumped up since then. So if you're not, you know, that's per the year, though. So, you know, five bottles per person for the year. The average bottle of wine contains 520 grapes, which varies between 300 and 900 grapes per bottle. Depending on some grapes are bigger than others. That's why it's such a range. About 5.5 bunches of grapes go into a bottle of wine. There are five bottles and a gallon of wine. Yeah, approximately, yeah. We used to, just, um, used to have to figure out for tax purposes, uh, TTV tax purposes, and it was 2.39. Well, it carried it on out. Uh, gallons per case. And so, since there's 12 in it, that's about right. In the U.S., you can legally produce 200 gallons of wine for personal use. That's a lot. That really is a lot. There are 295 bottles in a standard wine barrel. There's more than that. About 600 bottles are made with a ton of grapes. There's, I think there's more than that, too. An acre of vineyard can make anywhere from 300, uh, from 600 to 3,600 bottles of wine. You know, average about 4,000, actually, I think is what I used to figure all the time. How they figured their numbers, let me give you the math there. Number of berries in a bottle of wine. They took the juice in a grape equals 70, 80% water plus 7% other dissolved substances in juice on uh, an average of 82% juice. So 1.65 pounds weight of wine equals 0.82x, or x is, and they lay it all out here and everything, and you're not going to remember this, and you probably don't care, so I'm not going to go into all this. Uh -uh. 550 grapes. In a bottle of Merlot, 600 grapes in a Chardonnay, and 910 in Aberino. Uh, so that gives you an idea of what, if you want to know these things, ask me. I'll do this formula for you, but it's really not needed. So that's what's in a bottle of wine, uh, a glass and bottle and all that stuff. Oh, let's see. What is that? Oh, okay, here. Sunday last was National Blush Day or Rosé or, you know, whatever. But Sunday last was National Blush, Blush Day. I said that, told you to enjoy it, look forward to it. And I found this interesting little thing here a couple of days ago that says four rosé wine varieties to know and love. And I thought this was rather interesting. The four that you're talking about is uh, Grenache Rosé. Let's see, where are we? Oh, here we go. Uh, Grenache, Grenache Rosé. Uh, flavors of watermelon candy, beeswax, cucumber, lemonade. Originally from Spain or southern France and areas. Pair that with tacos, fruit salsas, frijitos, stuffed peppers, Moroccan roasted vegetables, 
chicken kebabs or Indian curries. A little bit stronger stuff on that. A Pinot Noir rosé. Orange zest, lemon zest, watermelon, celery, and cherry coming out in the flavors on that. Origin, California, France, Oregon, and others. Pair it with timed roasted chicken or trout, salmon burgers, corn chowder, club sandwiches. Then we've got Sangiovese Rosé. Flavors on this are going to get a little bit sweeter, cherry, walled, strawberry, allspice, clove, cumin. Italy, origin, California and other areas. Capri salad. Uh, excuse me, teriyaki chicken, orange chicken, Thai curries, uh, BLT sandwiches. These are great with that. And then the fourth, last one here is the Syrah blend. You're going to get flavors of white cherry, white pepper, red pepper, flake, uh, lime zest, flaky lime zest. Southern France, California also, and other areas. Pair that with vegetable linguine, tuna salad, lemon shrimp pasta, uh, paella, pulled pork sandwiches. Getting a little bit strong on this. Uh, the, let's see. Let me go into this here. Tasting in rosé, strawberry is going to be your most common. Honeydew, melon, rose petals, citrus zest, rhubarb. How's the rosé made? All right, let's quickly go through this. There's, there's different methods. The maceration method is when red grapes are let to rest or macerate in the juice for a certain period of time after the entire batch of juice is finished. The maceration method is probably the most common type of rosé, and it you know they can pull the skin off when they get the colors they want. Usually between anywhere from two to twenty hours, it will stay on the skin. The Sagne method, and that's spelled S-A-I-G-N-E-E with a little mark above the first E is used when, during the first few hours of making a red wine, some of the juices bled off and put into a new vat to make rosé. This is common in wine regions that make fine reds, such as Napa and Sonoma. And the purpose of bleeding off the juice uh, produces a lovely rosé, but also concentrates the red wine's intensity. Uh, Sennier wines are pretty rare, Due to production method, and often will make up only about 10% or less of a winery's production. You might ask different wineries uh, that make rosés in Napa, different areas, if they do a Sennier method of rosé. Uh, I've had them before. They are very, very good. Uh, one of the favorites, and they're also very expensive, I'm afraid, for a rosé. And then the blending method is you take a little bit of red and add it to a vat of white. Uh, doesn't take a whole lot of red to make something pink. Uh, it's uh, In fact, I used to demonstrate that uh, at the winery. I'd pour a glass half full of a white wine, and I would start dropping red into it and stirring it up. And it'd take very few drops. 5% or so is all it takes Um uh, it's used a lot, 
not so much in rosés, but also mainly in champagnes. If your, your sparkling wines are made this way. The, it has just the primarily Chardonnay with a little bit of the red Pinot Noir blended in, which gives you your pink champagnes or pink sparkling wines. So there you go, rosé. Like I say, last week was National Blush Sunday and we didn't get a chance to talk about that, so I wanted to throw that out. Now, uh, speaking of Sunday, 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 coming up this coming Sunday is Father's Day. So if you haven't got your dad something yet, wine. I mean, I always told people, I've never, ever had somebody bring back a bottle of wine and say, here, I got this for a present and I'm going to exchange it. You know, it never happens, never happens. Uh, somebody's going to give me wine. I'm going to love it. But I got a few things to remind you here. A few wineries that are on my list I want to toss out. Events coming up. Father's Day Wine Dinner at Tassel Ridge Winery. Tassel Ridge is located in Iowa. Uh, it's on uh, uh, six, uh, 1681 220 Street, Layton, Iowa. You can uh, check them out, CastleRidgeWinery.com. They have Father's Day dinner coming up. Reservation is required. Uh, it is uh, going to be dinner Saturday night. Uh, Three-quarters celebrate Father's wine dinner. Includes salad, entrees, dessert, and wine paired with each course. Reservations are required, so do it now. Uh, I... Doesn't say on this that they're sold out yet, but get on top of it. If you if you live in the Iowa area, give them a call. I'm sure you can get reservations. That's Castle Ridge Winery in actually southeastern Iowa is where it's located. Keith Joshua Vineyards. They are located in Arizona. Actually, they're located at uh, 370 Elgin Road in Air Elgin, Arizona. That is southern Arizona, south, actually, of Tucson. They have a Dinner in the Vines coming up on June 23rd, which you can give that a late meal here. Uh, this is a great event. They have a beautiful setting there and a great event. So... Get a hold of them. It's filling up fast. Uh, phenomenal vista there. I, I just love him. Keith Joshua is just is really a great guy. Cost cost for the dinner $60, and seating is limited. And you actually are in the vineyard. They got a big table set up in the vineyard and all that. And no chance of rain because it doesn't rain there in the summer. And it's not going to be that hot. It, it had the, it's at 6 o'clock in the evening, and, it, and it really it's the elevation and stuff starts cooling off. So call 520-455-5582 to make a reservation, or you can email them at kjvineyards at gmail. If you're in that area, again, it's in Arizona. Um, starting with the appetizers, is going through salad, entree, and dessert. $60. Well, well worth it. And they have another event coming up on uh, August 25th, Magno uh, Magdalena Bash Harvest Festival.
Festival. So we'll talk more about that as it gets closer, but that's August 25th. So if you're in that area or if you're going to be, save the date for that also. Whispering Oaks. Here's another winery that uh, has uh, uh, events coming up. It's located in Oxford, California, uh, California, Oxford, Florida. Whispering Oaks Winery at 10934 North County Road 475. It's up by the Villages, if you're familiar with that area. They have uh, lunches scheduled, and they have uh, Father's Day special coming up. You can get a hold of them, contact them at whisperingoakswinery.com. And we have Twisted Oaks. Uh, oops, wait a minute. This is... Okay. This has no information on I don't know what the word is on this. Oh, all right. Well, sorry. Um, never mind. Amazing Grace Vineyard. The Amazing Grace Vineyard is located in New York, Chasey, New York, 9839 Route 9. They are Amazing Grace Vineyard and Winery, Father's Day Barbecue. This is uh, six, uh, coming up on the Saturday the 16th at 6 p.m., so you can still spend all day with Dad. A delicious meal of slow-roasted pulled pork, Italian sausage and peppers, potato salad, Caesar salad with Paula Dean's ooey-gooey cake. And the duo Neil Wright and John Seaton will be entertaining. The weather is supposed to be great. It's going to be held out in the pavilion. And it's only $16 for all-you-can-eat buffet. Oh, my gosh, that's, that's a great price. Sit down and start stuffing yourself with some pulled pork and Italian sausage and peppers and have to be carried away. Start drinking wine with it. Beautiful venue up there. Big porch. A lot of of room and being entertained. So reservations, 518-215-4044. So give them a call and get yourself reserved. That's in New York again. That's... uh, uh, should be should be nice up there. Uh, Whispering Oaks. I think I just said something. Here, okay, here's the one, Whispering Oaks. Um, steak night is Friday and Saturday nights. This is your dad's day celebration. Uh, delicious food, live music with Richie Q. And they got all their wines. It is, uh, again, it's located just... Uh, uh, north of uh, north of Tampa area. It's up in uh, by the villages. Sunday, June the seventeenth, they have a Father's Day celebration, eleven to four. Live music, twenty seven ninety five per person. Reservations are required. Uh, kids under ten at thirteen fifty. They have herb grilled chicken legs, berry glazed pork chop, coal, roasted skirt steak, marinated button mushroom, citrus shrimp salad, uh, grilled and Brussels sprout slaw, minted pink grapefruit, wasabi, mashed potatoes, smashed, I said mashed, it's smashed, French, uh, fresh corn on cob, honey glazed yams, assorted baked rolls, key lime pie, and blueberry cobbler. Wow. Only twenty seven ninety five. 
Make your reservations. Give them a call. Uh, steak night includes Saturday and Friday nights. They have porterhouse and ribeye, also wild caught salmon, all sorts of stuff always going on up there. Mark them on your list. Phone number 352-748-0449. Uh, or you can email them at www.winesofflorida.com slash steak-night and get yourself into that beautiful venue, goats and all sorts of stuff there and everything. So it's it's always fun to to visit that winery. And that's the ones that I have that have sent me information on their uh, their winery, Whispering Oaks. Okay, I just read that one, so I got that one. So those are the ones I got information on. I wanted to pass those on to you before we ran out of time on that. Now, uh, let me get you a couple of quick others here. And... Boy, my time's gotten away from me tonight. I've got a lot of stuff to tell you. Oh, here we go. Publix, public supermarkets. Public supermarkets all around southeast United States. Always one of the big ones. Whenever you see about supermarkets and ones that are big and everything, Publix is always one of the big ones in there. Publix is always uh, being talked about. They're, they've expanded and they're expanding. And Good place to work. I know quite a few people work there, and it's, it's always cited as one of the best. But... Florida, uh, they are recalling wine. Uh, the Savin Company recalled some of its bottled wines after learning that they may contain small grains or bits of glass. Oh, my gosh. Problem concerns the 750-milliliter glass bottles with Seven bottle maker tested recently. It's S-C-A-V-I-N-S, Seven. The testing focused on many, a manufacturing defect in packing glass bottles utilizing, utilized by Seven in certain Lake Ridge and San Sebastian production runs. Okay, Lake Ridge and San Sebastian, two, well, they're sister wines, one located north of Claremont and one is located in St. Augustine. And uh, their Florida wineries been around for a long time. They do s- sell in Publix. And so a representative of the bottle manufacturers involved in the investigation of the defective bottles indicated to Saban that the number of bottles from his plant actually containing pieces of glass is numerically insignificant. But that is enough of a risk to recall. So... They had a major recall. This is the end of the month, and it's still going on. It's uh, end of the month that this recall came out, 31st of May, and the recall is still happening. Uh, the risk is apparently so small that they want to roll the dice on a wine drinker getting any internal bleeding. So thus, they did the recall. It was not major, but a... Every little thing like that, you really need to be cautious. Uh, okay, Portuguese wine country. Now, I just talked about the number of cognac areas 
that were devastated by hailstorms. Portugal's Dural Valley, where they make port, was also hit by some severe storms uh, a week and a half ago. Um, it was severe damage to vineyards and infrastructures. Uh, some uh, the small town in the Dural region, uh, Hall received three inches of rain and hail in just a few hours, almost double the typical average for an entire month of May there. Uh, the rains extent and storms extent still not completely known, uh, but some areas are fearing the worst, estimating up to 80% loss from the worst city area. Same thing as Cognac area. It's 80% loss of some of this. Uh, flash flooding was significant enough to damage roads and terraces. Uh, the um, Doral region, noted for its port uh, grapes, is, was hit significantly. Uh, the uh, severe hailstorms have been increasing each summer for the past several years in that region, they're saying. Uh, blaming on an increase in the effect of global warming and what it's doing in the area. And they are looking at ways to try to uh, get through these seasons without really major, major problems. So it's uh, it's an issue. It, it, global warming and it is becoming a real issue in some of the wine-growing regions of the world. And Dural Valley and Cognac areas, the two latest ones that have been hit and hit significantly, I'm afraid. And let's see, is that it? I think so. I can I can go on. I've got a lot of stuff to talk about here, but I'm not gonna use up all of your time because you've got two shows to listen to this week. You've got last week's show because it wasn't available, and then you got this one. So yeah. go listen to your shows and come and visit us next week. That's right. Next week we'll be on the 21st. This is to be easy to figure out. It's, yeah, okay. Seven days, seven days, seven days. It's seven, seven, multiples seven, of seven. Seven, seven, 14, 21, 28, uh, 30, whatever the next one is. Anyway, uh, what is it? What is it? 36? Yeah. 35. 36. Five times. Um, if we had five, the 35th of June will be the last day of June. <laughs> <laughs> June half, yeah. 35 days. What was it? 35 days this month. This year's June. Yeah, this year's, this year's June. Due to global warming, we'll have 35 days. <laughs> there you go. This is, uh, yeah, it well, affects everything. Yeah. It does. So, yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, so there's something, wait, there's something else I think I wanted to bring up. Let me find it here, Rufus, if I can find it. I'm pretty sure there was one other little thing I wanted to say to people. And let's see. No, 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 no. Oh, huh. I can't find it. There was another, just a bit of news I wanted to throw out, and I can't find it right now. Uh, oh, here it is. Here it is. Okay. Freedom to open a bottle. I, this came in from wine enthusiasts. Uh, 
I subscribe to wine enthusiasts, and they send me all sorts of neat information and all sorts of stuff. But this came in. This is available for a limited time. A Zos Halo Wine Preserver Bonus Pack. That's Z-O-S Halo, H-A-L-O. I guess it's Halo. 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 Wine Preserve Pack. Comes with a free oxygen cartridge two-pack. This is a bonus only until Father's Day, which is coming up Sunday now. So you need to order this if you're interested. How Zos Halo Wine Preserver works. Zos Halo completely eliminates oxygen from an open bottle of wine, preventing the oxidation that spoils your wine's flavor. Super easy to use. There's no need to inject gas or pump to create a vacuum. Just insert it into the neck of your bottle and leave it standing for up to two months. The Zos cartridge is specially formulated to absorb 100% of oxygen in the bottle. Zero oxygen, zero waste, zero effort. It just, it looks like a a long, uh, a long cork type thing. What everyone is saying, this is from P. Smurf, which sounds to me an awful like like uh, abbreviation for Papa Smurf, and that's really how it's spelled, Smurf. Seems high-tech, but really easy to use and remarkably effective. Goodbye to frantic pumping or squirting unsure amounts of gases into bottles. After a couple of months and a number of bottles, the initial cartridge is still working. Signed, P. Smurf, or Papa Smurf. That's funny. That really is. That they did that. And a Bud J says, This is the first time we have been able to keep a bottle of wine for more than three to four days. The last bottle was preserved for over two weeks while we were on vacation. Amazing. So, I've never heard of this thing before. I don't know anything about it. But to me, why would you want to save a bottle of wine for weeks? Yeah. You know, up to two months. Up to two. Yeah. yeah, up to two months. Why would you want to do that? Uh, it includes, it's got the box, it's got cartridges. So obviously you're putting oxygen or something, uh, hydrogen in there. It probably is hydrogen cartridges. But why would you want to save it for two months? It says buy now. What does the buy now pays look like? Fifty nine ninety five plus, well, it's free shipping on over $99. Yeah. Fifty nine ninety five. But it includes a bonus pack includes free Zos oxygen cartridges, a two-pack. A wine industry first, the zero oxygen solutions wine preserver keeps an un, uh, keeps an open bottle of wine perfectly preserved for up to two months. If you take your cork out and you put this little thing in it, corks it into it, and it's got the little cartridge at the bottom that saves it. Designed by wine lovers from the California wine region, it eliminates oxygen from an open bottle of wine preventing oxidation. Now, let's go back from wine lovers from the California wine region. Okay, California wine regions is pretty much the state of California. People immediately think, oh, California wine region, Napa. No. Think Temecula or San Diego or, you know, it could be anywhere. So, don't be fooled. And, super easy to use. There's no need to inject gas or pump. To create a vacuum, just insert it into the neck of your bottle and leave it standing upright. 
works on any variety of wine, red, white, or rosé. And cartridges last for up to 15 bottles. Refill cartridges are available. So there you go. I, the Zeus Halo Wine Preserver. Only so if it comes with, cartridge. if it comes with an extra cartridge, and each yeah, cartridge will last 15, it'll it, so each cartridge can can take care of 15 bottles. Correct. So it hmm, for thirty it can save if that's an issue thirty bottles with right. this with this fifty nine ninety five I'm trying to see if it's cost effective it's better just to drink the wine and and you know do what you're supposed to do with an open bottle of wine but exactly <laughs> I don't know that's how I look at it what I read you earlier one bottle of wine can last two people for two and a half hours you mm-hmm. and your significant other for the evening mm-hmm. open a bottle of wine. And two and a half hours later, you're done with it. And no. take that fifty nine ninety five plus shipping, and mm-hmm. buy another bottle of wine. Right, There's a couple. But you know, <laughs> I just I saw this and I wanted to wanted to throw it out. If you're interested, go to Wine Enthusiast Catalog, uh, WineEnthusiast.com, and look for the Zeus Z O S Zeus Halo H A L O Wine Preserver. And uh, if you want one, there you can get it on at wineenthusiast.com. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I almost forgot about that. I'm going to share that. So, um, what are they coming up with next? Um, God. Well, you know, it's amazing. It really is absolutely amazing. Yeah, uh, all kinds of stuff. All, all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. Somebody will get. Somebody will get rich off of that, and then the next uh, next thing that comes up, like that little uh, yeah. filter thing that you got, <laughs> takes out all the. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm getting, I, I get e letters, email, from uh-huh. you know three or four of those different companies when I was doing that whole thing, the whole series on those. <laughs> I'm still right. getting every once in a while I get popped in. They send me an email. You know, <laughs> this is available. We have a special price on it this week or this month or something. Yeah. You know. Uh, are you preserving? You got, you know, uh, get rid of your sulfites, you know, and stuff like that. I, I get these, uh, you know, the, the, the pops in my email. I don't even read them anymore. I just click them out, you know. But, but oh my gosh, you know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> can't get rid of it. No. Um, can't get rid of it. No. That's interesting. Okay. Um, well, there you go. So that's a little bit, a little bit of bonus information there for the end of the show. Uh, so take a look yeah. at it if you're interested in it. If you do happen to open a bottle and set it aside for up to two months, uh, maybe that's for you. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. See if it works. Let us know. I don't know. Um, yeah. Maybe. Maybe a good deal. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll close the show for now at uh, about 8.07 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Time, and we'll be back at 7 p.m. next week on the 21st of June. And as always, thank you um, um, endlessly for uh, for tuning in tonight, and I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Check out last week's on archives. It's available now. That's true. Yeah. And if if you're listening to this on archives, this one's on archives. (laughs) If you're listening live, (laughs) happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And um, uh, thank you for everything you're doing. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you all next one. Thanks a lot. Thank you. See you next week. 
This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. <laughs>